Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of One Mike Night Podcast. My name is Marcos Luis, and I want to thank you all for joining me for this episode. If you haven't already, please make sure you like, subscribe, and share these episodes. Got a lot of incredible people that I want to share with you, and today is no exception. My guest today is a singer. He's a songwriter. He's an actor. He's an entrepreneur. He's a humanitarian. And he goes by the name of Claude J. Please welcome him to One Mic Night. <laughs> what's up, Claude? How you doing? Hey, what's up, Marcos? How you? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me and spending some time here at One Mic Night Podcast. Listen, I have questions. Okay. Go okay. right. Let's go. The first question <laughs> is, who is Claude J? Claude J is an artist, a performing artist. Um a certainly a young man <laughs> young sure. at heart For sure. certainly an artist but someone who certainly has a uses my art and my gifts in life uh, that god has given me certainly my uh, being a christian and a person that knows that there is a higher power that certainly mm. um that certainly has provided and certainly kept me through this and this journey of life so an artist that's on a journey to share my gifts and talents which i have been blessed with and um so that's really the essence of it being able to use those those gifts to be a part and be a part of this time to entertain to enlighten to educate to you know excite right. to all of those things full that, connectivity uh, full yes, connectivity there, yes. let, let, let's get down to the meat and potatoes though but where where did where did this all start where are you from where where did you grow up i grew up in pittsburgh pennsylvania Ooh, and uh, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> i lived there i lived in pittsburgh for a while Wow! Really? Absolutely, yeah, I did. Oh, okay. So you know, you know, you know a little bit about the Berg, is right. Say. I know a little bit about the Berg. My my mother was the dean of the Homewood Brushton Branch of Community College. Oh wow! Years. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, I do know of that, and that's where I grew up in Homewood. And um, yeah. And as a matter of fact, my mother, who had taken classes there and went on to you know, University of Pittsburgh, a master's degree and teacher and in Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh. So I grew up in Pittsburgh and my 
father was um, president of the Homewood Brush and Improvement Association. We had a movie theater in Homewood on Homewood Avenue. Mm. So, yeah, so that's where my roots are in um, music, you know. And yeah, how, I went how to was that for school. you? How was that growing up for you? What was where, where did that where did that all begin? Um, it music began. It be, it came out of a place because as a kid, um, you know, trying to find yourself and really, I mean, actually, it, music saved my life and changed my life because I started out really as a kid early. I went to school at four and a half and really didn't like school. And it wasn't until I discovered music in elementary school that all of a sudden I came into my own and so to speak, you know, uh, started getting good grades and really music was that balance. And so, you know, I had great teachers, fortunately in elementary school um, and took piano lessons in high school. Great, one of my favorite teachers who is still a mentor. She's 92, Mrs. Bernie Nichols. and. Um, yeah, and then yeah give a shout out to your teachers. I always say, when, you know, we as artists, we need to say our teachers' names because we are, they are the ones responsible for where we are. <laughs> Who was your teacher again? Yes, well, the high school teacher, elementary, Dr. Harry Clark and Mrs. Bertie Nichols and Rita Hilliard, my, my music teacher, my piano teacher. And uh, yeah, and and music was there. So the actual, the craft of developing music was there. And also I went to a high school of Westinghouse High School, which was a school where Billy Strayhorn had attended. Mm. So that was his high school. And my music teacher is a long legacy. She was in school with Billy Strayhorn. So they had this excellent teacher, which they talk about in this book, Lush Life on Billy Strayhorn. So anyway, it goes that. But then that was the craft side, learning music, the the arts, the nuts and bolts of scales and, you know, music time signatures and all of that. But then I had an uncle who was a writer from Oaktown and he is from Pittsburgh, Al Cleveland. And um, certainly that inspired me. I mean, like Motown, you know, was Motown the biggest thing. Everybody. Yeah, inspired. So here I had this uncle who was uh the a writer at Motown and after I really realized what that all meant and I drove him crazy um he uh, he ended up writing big hits with Marvin Gaye what's going on that mm. second out of motion with Smokey and worked with Donny Hathaway and some of everybody's Spectre records yeah so he wow. inspired me on that side of the the popular music R&B songwriter. I didn't even think, I didn't even know there was such thing as a songwriter. I mean, I was taking piano lessons and studying all the scales and, you know, Bach and Isn't those that things. Interesting. I want to, I want to stop you right there for a second, because that's, that's a key point. A lot of people of color, a lot of black people, we didn't know, we don't know those things. And to be yes. inspired by somebody, especially in your family and Motown records, shout out to Motown records, you know, yes, always. Voice and, crossing us over to pop music and showing us that we could be this, we could be singers, we could be songwriters, we could be producers, you know, we could grace the stage, you know, anywhere. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, so that was very, I mean, that was just profound. And I had a chance to go to Detroit and, you know, to visit Motown as a kid wow. and certainly meet a lot of those great artists, including sit in the living room of 
both Marvin Gaye and Smokey Robinson. That's incredible. That's incredible. And I always have to say that um, uh, Marvin Gaye was actually played the piano for me, but actually it really wasn't, but I was, my uncle took my cousin and I over to his home to meet him and they were talking, but he was sitting on his white baby grand piano in his living room playing. And I was just sitting there in awe. I'm still in awe when I wow. think about that experience. That's incredible. That I would, yes. what I would give to be a fly on that wall. <laughs> That's incredible. Probably, you know, probably my favorite artist of all time. Yes. Oh, right. Isn't he just, yeah, yeah. And I, I could see that in you too, right? that uh, he definitely I, has impacted you. Impacted me. I can, you know, I can do a little Marvin for you. I, I know, do. I know. I've been seeing you. I've been, I've been watching you. you. You've been doing it, brother. Yeah, you definitely. And and all the others. I spent a day with Michael Jackson and his brothers. And I mean, so it was really the technical side of my teacher's it, music, and then certainly this inspiration, then going on to Morehouse College, where I had a great teacher, Dr. Whalem, and my bud, good buddy, Uzi Brown, who, you know, minored in music, but I still didn't think I was going to have a career in music. I that just didn't dawn on me. <laughs> look at, looking back on all that, like all that, that's a lot. How do you feel? How do you feel being, that's a, that's a part of history, being, you were actually, so that makes you a little part of history too. Because you got to experience firsthand a lot of things that people wish they could have done. How do you feel about that? I feel, you know, it's really, as I look back on it and I've constantly end up, you know, t telling it because I really realized that I had, you know, like in our lives, there are people who are witnesses to what we do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I am the storyteller to 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 say, yes, those people re were real. They had things that went on in their life. They had people who they inspired, they touched, they had ups and they had downs and there were people around. So I feel like just kind of it's dawned on me as like a connector, uh, you know, to really, you know, be a part to tell that story, whether it's considered, and, and I guess it is, it certainly is history and a major part of Absolutely um, music history in the yeah. world and certainly American history and black history, all of it, you know. Do you so feel like I that's, really do, do feel, you feel very like, honored. I'm sorry. Do you feel like that's channeled through you somehow, you know, aside from just telling the story, does it, do you, does it come through in your own music? Or your own I doings? think it does inevitably because I mean, you know, these, you know, it was just an extension. And I know, uh, you know, certainly people poured stuff into, you know, who believed in kids and who my uncle, who I say I drove Al Cleveland, who I drove crazy about coming to Detroit. I know he, he truly believed in me. And also he produced my first record, Find Your Light. Um, he was a producer on it. And um, so I know if you didn't have people to believe in you mm -hmm. or see something in you and pass that on, whether it's, you know, intentional. And I know with him, it was intentional because during his generation, people in Pittsburgh, they worked in steel mills and factories, you know, or that's what they were expected to do. Mm -hmm. And he found his way to New York and he often says, wow, you did what, what I did, but certainly the era that he was doing it in the fifties and sixties, Wow, you can only imagine a black man leaving an industrial city like Pittsburgh at that time. It's more corporate these days, always 
had a certain level there, but you know, that was really groundbreaking. Right. During your time in Pittsburgh, I'm going to throw it back there just a minute. How did that, how did that city impact you? Did, did you feel any, any oh. love from the city? Did you feel a, like, what was, what was your feeling from the city? Always. I mean, always. I mean, well, when you grow up that, you know, that's what I knew, but always such a great loving environment and, you know, great parents. I'm fortunate. They certainly, you know, allowed me to have all of these crazy <laughs> ideas and some that panned out and some that didn't, <clears throat> pardon me. But um, it, yeah, Pittsburgh was really, I mean, you have some of the great jazz artists who have been there. You have some of the great universities. You have, you know, certainly, you know, Phyllis Hyman and George Benson, yeah. and my wonderful friend, Miss Vivian Reed, who great artists, Sally Turnty, all these great jazz artists and, you know, performers and my uncle. So it's always been a haven, even in the midst of it. And of course, Mr. August Wilson, who wrote about Pittsburgh, who I had the opportunity to meet and wow. almost did one of his plays uh, when I went back to Pittsburgh after grad after undergraduate school. And so it's been nothing but love and what a it's made me into who I am today. 100%. Now, see, I mean, we're talking about Pittsburgh. I had a whole different experience there. I was there for a short period of time. Really? I, mm -hmm. I lived in, uh, I, I went to school there. I went to uh, Shadyside Academy. Okay. I was in yes. the suburbs. So my whole <laughs> life in Pittsburgh was completely different. Yeah. But well, Shadyside is really not the suburbs. It's like you have Homewood, you have Breeze Point, Shadyside, but, and then Oakland. Yeah. Right, but Shady Side wasn't located in Shady Side. It was located in Fox Chapel. Fox Chapel. Oh, so the school. Right. So, so the school was called Shady Side. Okay, I got you. But the but the actual school was located. In oh, Fox yes. Chapel. Oh, yeah. That was definitely so a that was very lux. Exclusive. Very yeah, exclusive. So that was a whole different situation for me. Oh, now there are sides to Pittsburgh that I could definitely talk about because mm -hmm. certainly you know Pittsburgh, you have the whole black and white of the city. I mean, it was definitely, I mean, you know, Pittsburgh was part of one of the very divided, just like so Absolutely. much of America. Yeah. And we're in Black History Month and, you know, to be very real about all the issues that are going on, very much segregated. And um, certainly, you know, Pittsburgh, you had the Hill District, which where which August Wilson wrote about the mm -hmm. area where I grew up, Homewood, and other areas that were, you know, there were definitely d lines, and um, you know, and I still think, you know, as in America and in the world, there's certainly that residual effect of of race and racism that does exist today. <laughs> Absolutely, in certain pockets, and certainly I I agree in that area. I still yes. have a sister there who, yeah, she tells wow. me things. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it, it was interesting. It was interesting growing up there. You know, my school was a uh, five-day boarding school. So on the weekends, okay. I would come home. So oh, wow. I would live with, you know, the exclusive people during the week. And then on the weekends, occasionally I would come home and be with my mother, who was a single mother. Right. Um, yes. Kids. Yes. Yes. And that was completely different. You know, she, we weren't, you know, we weren't the wealthy people of Pittsburgh. Right. Right. Life. You know, obviously I, she was uh, in the arts as well. So I was, you know into the arts too, but yeah, it was a whole different situation. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Oh dear. And that's really, I think, you know, when we talk about, you know, the artists from Pittsburgh and you really, you know, you hear, 
hear their music, whether you hear it in Phyllis's voice or George Benson, mm -hmm. or you listen, or, you know, all these. And I always knew somebody would write about Pittsburgh. Yes. I, and once I came back and after undergraduate, I said, Pittsburgh is a place. Little did I know that August Wilson was going to write these profound, prophetic right. plays of about a place that, you know, people had not really paid much attention yes. to in terms of the Black experience, but how the universal existed in that experience and put a lot of light on it, you know. Absolutely. And we understand it because we were there. We know yes. what a jitney is. It was very real. Right. It was definitely. Yes. <laughs> I know what a jitney is. You know? Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. Yep. That was, a, as a matter of fact, that was one of the plays that uh, when I had gone back that they did in Pittsburgh, I was going to, he had a very good friend, uh, Maisha Beton, who is a writer, Dr. Maisha Beton, a, a poet like August. And she kept telling me, you got to meet my friend August. She and Claude Purdy, God bless their souls, they passed on. He, he was going to direct this play by August Wilson called Black Bart. And it was a musical or a play with music. And she, I had just met them all, this artistic community, which was amazing. And they just embraced me. And she said, oh, you've got to be in this play. And so they had set me up to, you know, audition and be in this play. And the play was going to be at the University of Pittsburgh, but it didn't happen. But certainly I got out of that chance to be in touch, meet August Wilson. I have posters from it. And wow. Certainly all this wonderful artistic community that really, and years later, I met him here in New York and we talked about, and I had several posters and I gave it to him. He autographed uh, posters that I have. I love that. That's <laughs> yes. history. That's history. You're right. It. It, you could, couldn't even make this stuff up. <laughs> Not at all. I want to talk about your music. Now, you, sir, are one of those musicians, singers, songwriters that sort of translates across the board. <laughs> and I find it very interesting because you can sing jazz, gospel, inspirational, I, even a little bit of house music with a remix. I mean, like you kind of do it all. Where the heck does that come from? Well, you that, know, you, which, did you have a, a big gospel bringing up? Well, as I mentioned, my teacher growing up in high school, mm -hmm. I mean, we had this amazing choir and music department, you know, which, as I said, you know, she was this, she was just a great musician. She is, she's 93 or four. Um, and so, I mean, we would sing the whole range of music. So it was from classical music to, oh, oh happy day to, you know, the, you know, whatever the, the pop groups we had, um, you know, um, with uh, the R&B song. So we would do all that as part of our concerts. And plus I had, you know, this uncle and plus I had the radio, you know, the whammo in Pittsburgh, you know, yeah. that, you know, so it was all, you know, and certainly gospel music going to church and it was so much a part of it and loving all those artists who were just, you know, realizing that's where their experience came from. Um, but singing in a choir and in high school who had that whole range and also both my teachers in elementary school, 
they had it. They had the, they were trained musicians, jazz musician, Dr. Clark, um, Mrs. Nichols, who, you know, she had the whole range, uh, choral director, but loved all that and wanted to expose us. So I just found, and then I realized, and listening to the radio, I didn't sound like, I realized this years later, that I didn't sound like Stevie or I didn't sound like The Temptations or Smokey who I met, but I, I had to realize as an artist after coming and starting a professional career, you have to find yourself, mm. you know? Yes. Yeah. And Absolutely. that's where it landed for me for music. I just realized, wow, you, you do land in these places, which is always a little bit crazy when you think of commercial music because they want you to fit into a box. Right. And I think that's great. I think you hit on a key word, which is exposure. And being exposed to different types of music and things helped you find your voice and helped you find yourself. Did that, did that exposure ever take you on a journey somewhere else so that people could enjoy you? Like travel? Oh, yeah, all the, all the time, all the time, whether I was putting together, you know, my first, my records, which really are those which have gotten wonderful response was dance music, um, club music, love is the answer and find your light. But it ended up being a genre which didn't exist. So Don Allen, who was the program director at w, WWRL at that point in BLS, he said, you're ahead of your time because it was dance music that had a message. Mm. And it ended up, you know, they started playing it in the clubs and these record pools and it's done well in Europe. And it's still, you know, you people go online, it's on, you know, YouTube and all these sites, these DJs put it up. And so it was dance music that I found this new, this niche that um, was mine. Not it, But I just realized, why not? Why can't you have, you know, club music and dance? And fortunately, I had a buddy who was working with Sylvester and I, he took me, we were hanging out in the garage and Sylvester, I went to one of his last performances and met him and... You know, he was very encouraging. I signed picture with him and really he kind of really validated for me that that path that I was on because I saw it in him, mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, that there was that combination that just bring yourself to it. And that's, right. I said, well, I'll try it, you know, and see, you know. Yeah, how, is, how important is that as an artist? How important is it for artists to bring themselves to their work in general? Well, I it, it's it's everything because you know, you as I come to know, you know, be your best self because everybody else is taken, you know, because right. you don't, know, you know, that's right. You re, and when you are, you know, we're you hear more people talking about being authentic, uh, and when we are our our real selves, it comes through. It really resonates with people, and that's why, you know. So I mean, you know, we're we get into these paths of trying to fit in commercially or you know as an actor as a performer but when you bring that real thing from what it is speaks to your heart speaks to your soul speaks to your mind it resonates i'm i'm convinced about i'm convinced about that and maybe it's not the audience who you thought but it will truly be your audience that's right for as many people as you lose you're going to gain that many people and more right because yes. you're being true to yourself 
Yeah. And you, and you, you don't have to convince anyone that you're something different than what you are. You're bringing you right. 110% every time. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, whether you want them to take it, but sometimes, you know, everybody's not everybody's, not uh, everybody. you know, and, and you come to really realize that. And that's also a good filter for saying what's for you and what's not, because you spend less time on what is not for you as opposed to, you know, what's for you, you know, or say, I, I really kind of, you know, it, this works for me. I see my work and that also gives us areas to stretch in, but we also kind of know, you know, it's good to know our area, you know, your, your, your forte, so to speak, musically speaking. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So how was, how was 2020, the summer of 2020 for you? We had a little, you know, with the George Floyd and the pandemic and things happening. You know, that was really, um, that was really something. I mean, 2020 was, I mean, it was really with the pandemic going on and everything. It really, I mean, that first week in April, how about that? Where we were here in New York and we were talking about, you know, in New York City and New York State, 500 people passing away. And, you know, these lines around hospitals and hearing ambulances all times of the day. I mean, it really, it was hard to, to get a grasp on it. But I, what happened for me during that, that summer, I mean, I did start channeling some of that energy into being creative. And I went back to a, a, a song that I had recorded and really realized that it speaks to right now. And the song is Find Your Light, Read the Signs of Time. Mm. And I ended up doing a video that speaks to George Floyd and reading the signs of time that this is an awakening and a woke time to, you know, an enlightenment that, you know, and we got to read what's going on so that, you know, this time we'll be able to make it through and to progress. So, you know, try channel that energy into the work. Right. Would you ever have thought that in your musical career or as a man of color that you'd be doing something like that? You know, I really didn't, like I said, I didn't even think I was going to land here. But when I look back on my whole, you know, growing up career, my parents who were in civil rights and, you know, gone to going to a historical black college and, you know, you know, all of it, it made sense that there's no way that, you know, this something like this would come up. And I would not be, have a voice to respond to, including another time which I responded before this was the HIV AIDS epidemic when, you know, people were running the other way. You know, it was like because of my upbringing in terms of advocacy for our rights and everybody's rights and certainly for, you know, the HIV and AIDS and then really realizing the LBGTQ community, which it wasn't then. Then I ended up right. being at the forefront and then I'm working professionally, which I had left the arts to do that. And I had planned to do that, you know, so just it will, you know, but that again, that's where it, when it's in you, you will find your way. You know, Absolutely. And that's where we are. That's where art comes in in general. I mean, as artists, we fight things, we challenge things, we make yes. our work, you know, to to show the light or show the darkness of something that's happening in society. Yes, you know? exactly. That's we we they that's why it's so I think this is such a great time for artists cuz 
They need, we are, we have a place where we can actually reflect on what's going on, interpret, enlighten, you know, you know, envision. So it's, it's a good time, not an easy time, you know, because people have to make a living and a life, but, you know, it's certainly a time for a us time. to put creative pieces out there. Right. A time for us to have a voice and exercise yes. our voice. Without a doubt. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Now you've traveled all over the world. Uh, and I know you have a line. You're an entrepreneur as well. Harlem, <laughs> yes. my love. Tell yes. Us, tell us a little bit about Harlem, my love. Well, it's, it's another one of those um, things that has grown out of my life. That's also centricity, you know, where it grows out of that center. And the center is, was music because I, you know, actually I had the opportunity to travel to Japan, performing in a play, Faith Journey years ago. And um, it was a musical. And out of it, I met people there, um, my good friend Mieko Kamini, and uh, we became friends. And, and she's also a manager. And she was interested in me coming back and helping them first on a project um, on an, a photographic exhibition on Harlem to be exhibited in Tokyo, Japan. And she asked me to work with a wonderful photographer I met, Asami Hasegawa, who came to New York from Japan to take these photographs. And I agreed that I would do it under the condition that it wasn't going to show Harlem and all this deprivation and, you know, that so much around the world, people only want to know Harlem in African-American culture and Black culture in Harlem as. And long story short, I ended up working on this exhibition that was shown in Tokyo. And they asked me to give this exhibition a name and it was called, I just gave it the name Harlem My Love. And from Excellent. that, I realized Excellent. years later, I said, that name's pretty cool. I should do something with it. And that out of that grew this product line, Harlem My Love. I a love souvenir that. fashion product line. It's a trademark, it's a brand. I love that. What kind of things do you have? It's a souvenir and fashion product line. Well, over here, I will. I don't know if you could see it, but this is a, yeah, here is probably the light is not the best on it. That's it's good. a whole line of um, products. Uh, it's 20 years old and you'll see the jewelry, um, which is celebrating the 20th anniversary. Actually, I'm wearing a piece of it now. It's a signature piece of the HML Fine Jewelry Collection. And um, it started out just with one bag, but it's now grown in t-shirts and I now I have a line of bags I designed. They're leather and mud, mud cloth, um, individually designed. You can go on the website, harlemilove.com and see them. So there's, uh, I think this is one of the leather bags you might be able to see that that was just yeah. one that designed that was, but, but a whole line. So it's taken me on another journey, but it was music that actually brought me to this place because I, I never would have done it. I love I never that. <laughs> I love that. Because not only are you, you know, you're doing it for the artistry, but it also leads you into another facet of artistry that you can, you know, continue to show and shine a beautiful light on to the place that we live in. Yes. You know yes. What I mean? Yes. Like positivity through another facet of art, through design, through, you know, visual arts, if you will. Yes. Too. Yeah. Right. Fashion. And it wasn't. And again, that was like just something that I mean, you know, 
this just came out and knowing as artists, we definitely need to be able to, and that's one thing I realized coming to New York, you know, working on all kinds of jobs from this to that, to everything that, you know, starting a business. And I said, why wait till I become whatever that's going to be? Why not start it now? And that's, that's what I did. That was also a part of why I started my own independent label, which my first recording came out, which my uncle said, you know, I had response from RCA was interested. But then after they changed their mind, I said, you know what? He said, why not start it? And that's so it was that entrepreneur. And I realized, again, when you realize your path, you know, as an independent artist and entrepreneur. I love this. That was my life. This I love this. This is exactly what I want to talk about. What 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 kind of advice? You know, I, I'll call you a seasoned, you know, professional, and I, and I say that with you know uh, respect. Oh, sh- you know? oh please, uh, yes. What Thank what you. what advice do you give the people, um, the young artists coming out today? Because the way of music has changed. It's changed. It's completely different. Yes. But just in general, what do you give them? Like the mindset that they need to be in to be successful, and successful meaning in your own mind, what success is, not the standard of everybody else. Like you don't have to have a diamond record. You don't have a platinum. I'm saying successful in terms of what, who you are as an artist. Right. Well, I think, a cu- yeah, a couple of things. I would say, you know, preparation. I said, certainly, you know, well, yeah. to yeah, prepare yourself. If you're going to go into music, learn something about, learn music. Mm-hmm. Learn an instrument. You may not play it on the, learn what a scale is. Learn what, you know, key signatures. Learn, have, an, have a, a base because it does nothing but strengthen your, uh, your, your toolkit when you get into situations that will show up for you as jobs. You will have a place to operate from that, you know, you're prepared. So preparation you know, and that's why, you know, I, I, like I said, I didn't plan to do this, but after, you know, I really realized, you know, as a kid learning music and you don't have to, no matter where you start or when you start, you can start the preparation and it will serve you. So I say, you know, studying, you know, learn from others and certainly great mentors like my good friend Gilbert Price, who, when I came to New York, um, the family repertory company, which I was a member of, and Gilbert was a three, four-time Tony Award nominees, Broadway, or the world, but he shared so much with me. So so make yourself available to situations. And he was a voice teacher for me too, you know, just really besides opening up what to do in New York, he certainly, uh, you know, in terms of career-wise, he certainly, and the other thing is, is back to what we were saying, find what it is, be your authentic self, find that gift. If you're or a dancer in your area is classical dancing, or if it's hip hop, or if it's, you know, whatever, find that, or take a little bit of it. And then you find, you might have to go the whole range of it. Like I did, took classes at Ailey and, you know, everywhere. And still, I I never considered myself like a dancer, but certainly if a show that I audition for, I could move well, right. so to speak, yeah. or move. Let me say I could move. Yeah. How yeah. well that that just just varied. <laughs> right. How is it going to enhance the craft that you do choose to pursue? You know, add, add on some things, like you said, add dance onto it. Add, you know, learning the scales, learning, you know, the music, learning how to write a little music that might help you in the next job. You don't know. Yes. You know, yes. It's, it's all in, in, in the trajectory of where you're going as an artist. 
my experience is it has shown up and been invaluable. Yes. I mean, it's don't do it because you, you know, think that you're not going to, to need it, but do it because it's something that, you know, let me just try it. I mean, especially, and that's what it's all about because it will, it will serve service. So serve at a, you serve the work that you, you're going to do or serve an idea that you have. I mean, I could go back to any number of one of those things that said, wow, if I had learned to take piano lessons, yes. I didn't become a pianist or, but I could certainly write enough to, to be able to write a melodies and songs. So, right. you know, it, that part of it served me later. Absolutely. And, you know, as you are an actor, maybe you want to learn a little about directing because maybe next year you don't want to be an actor anymore. Maybe you want to try directing. There so you as go. As you go along, yes. like sit with a couple of directors and learn how they're doing what they do. And your craft right. will, you know, just increase in value. And yes, without that's a doubt. where the success is. Right. Just as you know, as an actor, and sometimes it's even if you're not directing, it's just sometimes, you know, going in and saying, I'm going to pay attention yes. to the director. So should an opportunity and sometimes even our experiences become some of the greatest classes that, you know, that we'll ever have. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without so, a doubt. You know. Yeah, that has all added to, you know, added in ways that I can't even begin or immeasurable without a doubt. I Look, I can't even tell you who knew <laughs> that 16 years later, I'd be sitting here on a podcast hosting a show. You know right. I mean? And let me say congratulations thank, to you. Thank you. 16 years. So you. I remember when you were doing the East, East Village, right? Yeah. Yep. Yes. The performances. Show, these shows together, independent bands, and then. Because of the pandemic, I still wanted to have a voice. I still wanted to tell stories. I'm an actor. I'm a filmmaker. You know, all these things yes. roll up into one. So we get people on here and we talk and we tell stories about their journey and inspire other people with the art. So that's what I do. And you're doing it. You're doing I'm it. Trying. And it's a much needed and these platforms um, for being able to, and you're doing just what it's all about, you know, using your platform for that, which you, we can, you know, reach others, serve yes. others, entertain others. And whatever that platform is, you know, can all be used for something good and to reach somebody, you know. Absolutely. Yes. And speaking of reaching somebody, your new project, Round Midnight. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a little bit. Yes. Um, so, wow. Go ahead. I was yeah. gonna say, just among the many, you know, genres of music that you do, you know, being jazz, being, um, yeah, you just, you just seem to do it all. And and this latest project, you got a little something going on there with the jazz, right? Right. Yeah. This one showed up. I mean, you know, like I said, dance music, and then I had the gospel album, Sweet Sweet Spirit, and. And, you know, this one, just like I said, they show up. I went to the um, uh, 100th anniversary of Thelonious Monk in 2017. And a good buddy of mine from Pittsburgh Elementary, Douglas Holloway, who is a music executive. And we went to elementary school and we were running to each other. And, you know, he had invited, we stayed in touch. And, you know, he was involved with uh, Thelonious Monk's catalog and he invited me to an exhibition and out of it you know I was inspired and ended up meeting his son T.S. Monk and 
And and Dunk, I mean, you know, even we were in touch. I mean, I didn't know he was keeping up with me or whatever. But let's he's, let's, let's for those people who are listening who don't know who Thelonious Monk is. Let's let's let them know who that is. Oh, great jazz pianist. Um, you know, you think of you know you think of Round Midnight, Straight No Chaser. I mean, Monk's Dreams, on and on. But he's this great from New York, grew up and a great pianist that his, even his music was not what was considered at that time. It, they considered it like, what, like what, what is he playing? What's he but playing? He, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he was off on, but it really, he stayed true to himself. And he created style. a, yes, very mm -hmm. unique. And it wasn't the progressions of chords where, where people thought, and you know, even today, you know, there are people who like to think that they don't get it, but the proof is in the pudding. Here right. we are, over a hundred. He turned to be a hundred. His music has gone on, wrote some of the great jazz classics, and still to this day are played all over the world. Absolutely. Yes. So people, you've you've probably heard it and didn't even know it was him. So, right, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, and I mean, great, including a movie that they end up basing Round Midnight around. And so I really went to this exhibition with just going to see it, but little did I know that I was going to meet his son, T.S., and, and Doug kept saying, you ought to write some music. I was like, Doug really kind of, you know, that really wasn't sure. So he introduced him when he, I met him. One of the first things within the conversation, we're talking outside the exhibition, which was down in Soho. Uh, and he had said, no, the East Village. He said, um, you know, why don't you write lyrics to some of my father's music? I was like, I looked around like, who is he talking to? <laughs> like, really? Like, I mean, I mean this is his father's Thelonious wow, wow. And um so, and Doug kept saying, yeah, yeah, you know, we're, I was like, you know, so here we go. I mean, I had done the, worked on these other genres, but, and certainly I loved jazz music. As I said, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, all those great jazz artists and Billy Strayhorn, the high school, I went to high school he went to and knew of his music and, you know, so uh, I said, okay. Why well, would I? <laughs> Why would I? So this is where it came about. And certainly that's how the project came about. And as a result, I ended up writing lyrics to Straight No Chaser. What ended up happening in the process, I was inspired by a story as I was thinking about Thelonious Monk. Um, as I was thinking about him and doing gigs, it ended up going at the title change to Riding Along in New York City, but it's based on the music of Straight No Chaser. And I've added some music in the middle of it, but it keeps stays true to his theme. So I didn't end up, it didn't land me with writing lyrics that say Straight No Chaser, mm -hmm. but it it is a vocal and music, uh, lyrical interpretation of that song. Artist interpretation, absolutely. Yes, yes. I've seen it, and those of you who haven't seen it, make sure you do see it. It's good, the video. <laughs> oh, the video, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you so yeah, much. Of course. Thank you. Yes, I, I appreciate that. It's so how on many, YouTube. It's on YouTube. How many tracks are on the... There are four tracks on, um, on the EP. It's an EP album, you know, for those who are you know, keep up. It's now everybody is 
up to speed, <laughs> but it's four tracks around midnight, riding along in New York City, the Millennium, which is another song I wrote. Um, and the last song on it is Emmett, A Young Man. It's a tribute to Emmett Till, which um, another project that happened around the same time, I was asked to write something for the movie. And I mean, just out of the blue, like another person who never heard my music or anything, well, why don't you write a song? I was like, do these people know something I don't know? I mean, wow. you know, but it certainly was in my, why, again, in my world of certainly knowing of Emmett and the Black experience and the, the debt that he paid in a, a way that in, in turned up to be inspiration for the civil rights movement and that, that march that Dr. King you know, inspired 1956 and Rosa Parks. So it was in my world of experiences. I said, of course, I don't know who this was for. Well, it turns out to be a well-known movie. We still haven't heard anything what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. The movie is, you all may hear is in the works. In That's the, works. the movie that like four years ago, people right. were, was working on. And I didn't realize that, <clears throat> that it was going to be that movie. So it's still up, so keep your fingers crossed. But I said, as an artist, I love the song. I said, so no matter what happens, I have to tell this story for myself. And that's, that's what I love about it too. And this is what I was saying to you earlier. Would you ever guess that you would be in the position that you are now, you know, writing songs about civil rights and change and, you know, things that are so poignant in today's society that, that move a world. No, I, I, change. Would, I, I never would have, I never would have really, I, I never would have thought, but I think as we go and, you know, try to put these pieces, you know, connect the dots, you go like, wow, I guess that's where this comes from. And that's why I feel so passionate about that. And that's why I'm not going to let this stand for that. You know, it's, yeah. you really realize that, oh, well, these things are, and certainly, or I really feel a debt of gratitude to, you know, Emmett Till's mother. I mean, I just feel that I never met her, certainly, um, the guy, Keith Bouchon, who was involved with the movie, is was um, certainly, he was someone she passed the baton on and Keith has carried it. And certainly Whoopi Goldberg, who is involved with this movie. So no matter what happens, I'll support it, you know, support whatever these projects in terms of that speak to our experience, because let's face it, these images were not a part of the African, a part of the American experience, the world experience. So when I did the exhibition in Tokyo, I had to have a disclaimer of what it was going to be like. And you know, you know. So now it's our time to really put these images out and tell these stories. Listen, and this is exactly what I wanted to talk to you because you are a person who has done that. You have made a mark in this world. Harlem, my, my love, it's, it's big, you know, Harlem, my love, going to Japan and sharing a slice of our life from your perspective in a positive yes. light. That's big. That's huge. That's huge. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And this yeah. is what you do. And that's, that's why I'm very impressed and everybody should know who you are. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, it's just, I, I like to think of it as, you know, just continuing to, you know, do what I do, you know, and 
shine that and you don't even have much time to think about it right. because unfortunately as creative people we're always inspired by something else and you go like so it's really you know as they say about the work or the ideas or you know just being present in this time and hopefully when it's all said and done it'll be like well there's something that's added up here <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, listen, would you like to share anything with us? Do you have music? Sure, you'd like to do, I do have. Um, I will share uh, Riding Along in New York City, yes, the yes. song that's based on the Straight No Chaser by the great, the icon, Mr. Thelonious Monk. And certainly I'm honored to share these lyrics as I was inspired in the music, which you will hear in there that um, I was inspired to write. and. There's going to be a piano soloist by that's um, a guy who worked with me on this project, Etienne Lyotel, who um, he's also on the tracks. So, riding along in New York City, here we go. <laughs> Let me, I'm going to sing it to the track here. So, give me a minute to pull it up. And, and for those of you who are listening to the audio podcast, please make sure you go to the YouTube channel to watch. Uh, the video as well. Now, now, now let's see where the voice is this, this <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> yes. Okay. Here, here we go. We're riding along in downtown New York City. A hot summer night. The lights are so bright. The gig is done. Let's go and have some fun. The clubs are still packed, the ladies are stacked. If we can find the blue lights, boogie boogie, Lindy Hop and Bebop dance all night long. We're riding along in downtown New York City. A hot summer night, the lights are so bright, the gig is done. Let's go and have some fun. The clubs are still packed, the ladies are stacked. If we can find a blue light, boogie boogie, Lindy Hop and Bebop dance all night long. Hey, cats! We're headed uptown, straight up 7th Avenue. And even if we stop at Minton's and the Cotton Club, don't forget the Apollo 2 and Small's Paradise. Ella Monk, Dizzy, and the Count makes you want to scream and shout, keep going strong from dusk till dawn. And the music will be playing and the crowd will stop from swaying all night long. Hey, Pasa! If we make a right turn here, we'll be in Spanish Harlem with the salsa and merengue. And there's always Latin jazz. There's Tito Pointe. Mr. E.T. and Lyotel. 
I'm riding along and down to New York City. A hot summer night, the lights are so bright, the gig is done. Let's go and have some fun. The clubs are still packed, the ladies are stacked. Free, 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 free. I'm feeling free, 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 free. Nothing's bothering me. Nothing's bothering me. Nothing's bothering me. Nothing's bothering. I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling so Yeah, there you have it, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Claude J. Thank I you. Love thank, that. I needed a martini. So <laughs> okay, good, good. I'll have one with you. <laughs> without a doubt. Without that a doubt. That was brilliant. I love that. Thank you. That thank you such so a much. Feel good song about New York City. Right. And, and you know that. what the crazy thing? I, I always said one day I felt like I was going to write a song about New York City. Yeah. And I didn't know that it was going to show up another thing wow. in this project. That's another like layer to it. I was yeah. like. <laughs> so there wow. you go. Tell us the name <laughs> of it one more time. The song is Riding Along in New York City. Riding and along it's in New York on City. Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify iHeart, just out there. So you just Google riding along New York City, Claude J. <laughs> go to your favorite platform and listen yes, to this there you song. Go. That's Download it, it That's buy it. it. Yes, okay. please like do. That. If you make a remix of this song with you know a new video, I want to be in it. Okay, the cool. I want to be cool. in it. Okay, okay. okay. We'll, we'll okay, talk about that like later. Tell your people yes. to call my people. Okay, for sure. <laughs> I will, without a doubt. I love that. I love that a collaboration. That's what it's all about. Exactly. Yes, yes. So listen, Claude, I want to thank you so much for coming on and spending some time and, and hopping in and singing some, some music for us. Tell everybody how we can get in touch with you. Sure. You can reach me, Claude J, um, on Instagram. Claude J, just put Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E-J-A-Y, or C-J-A-Y-N-Y-C on Instagram or Claude J on Facebook. And, and certainly Harlem, my love is Harlem, H-A-R-L-E-M, my, M-Y-L-O-V-E dot com. And you can see the product lines and click on store there and you could shop. And also uh, the, um, my uh, YouTube channel, which is Claude J. Um, and I have a new projects coming out of there that it's from the vault of opening night and it's going to be an episode with Miss Sarah Dash. Yes. So that's something that I'm going to release in sometime this week, but certainly look forward whether you're looking at this later on, but that will be on there. And there'll be episodes from opening night. I love that. Thank you so much, Claude J. Everybody, please make sure you go to YouTube and check out some of these videos. Enjoy the music. Better yet, go to the, your favorite music platform and download and buy this music. Um, it's on every platform, Apple Music, Spotify. Do it. Support this Thank artist. Mm -hmm. yes. Also, you can find him on IG at CJNYC. That's CJAYNYC. Or go to Facebook and find him at Claude J. 
Also, definitely go to HarlemMyLove.com <laughs> and purchase some of these incredible souvenirs for yourself. Show some love to the city of New York. I want to thank you again. It's Please a come fashion back line. Also. It's a fashion yes. line also and souvenirs yes. as well. Um, and I want to thank you for coming and spending time with us. Please come back. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And congratulations on your 16 years of one mic night. That is, yeah, and all your work as an actor and filmmaker, all that you do. Thank you so much. Much success. Blessings. I appreciate it. Everybody, please follow us. Make sure you like, share, and comment down below at One Mike Knight. One Mike Knight is spelled O-N-E-M-I-C-N-I-T-E. You can also follow me, DM me on Instagram at Marcos Luis, M-A-R-C-O-S-L-U-I-S. I'm Marcos Luis Everything. Also, make sure you check out the other podcast with my other co-host, Ashley Elizabeth Green, screenwriter. One Mike Knight Talk is back for season two. Talking about the topics that you want to know about. Adult, grown-up conversations. Please follow us at One Mike Night Everything. Thank you for joining me this time. We'll see you next time. Bye.